0: This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. Scripture says, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. For He has no form or comeliness, and when we see Him, there's no beauty that we should desire Him. He is despised and rejected by men, and a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from Him. He was despised, and we did not esteem Him. I don't want anyone to move him, Please if you don't have to. This is really holy. Please, I'm talking about the suffering Christ, and there's nothing more important than this. Surely, He's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions, and He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes we are healed. And we, like sheep, have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. I called Eric the other day, and I... I was sitting in my prayer closet, blown away. i just turned 40, as you know. I never thought that would happen. It actually came, Lou. I I never thought it would happen to me. I told Jess, I went into my prayer closet at 8. I said, I want to pray through midnight. I want to go into my 40th birthday all alone with Jesus. And I was sitting there in my prayer closet, beginning to read the Scriptures when I'm there, and I was blown away. By verse 1 in in chapter 53, it says, He or who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. And he has no form of comeliness. And when we see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. It's as if the Lord is saying, I was telling Eric, I called him on the phone. I said, dude, you got to hear this, what the Lord just gave me. The Lord's literally asking a people, who will believe my report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? This is a question. The arm of the Lord is Jesus. And then the Lord says something that almost seems to be like a heavenly camouflage. He releases an aspect of Jesus that keeps certain people from seeing him. And recognizing him, and this is what it is—he'll grow up before him as a tender plant. He's like a root out of dry ground. It means hes, he's not puffing himself up. He's so lowly, and he has no—he com- has no beauty, no form, no com- comeliness. And when we see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. Speaking of Jesus in his suffering. But the meekness of Jesus keeps the proud from seeing Him. I'm going to say that again. He's so meek that unless we're low, we can't recognize Him. Because we're interested in stuff that doesn't matter. How well known we are doesn't matter. The praise of man, it doesn't matter. I've been hit so hard this year. By the things of the world. Accusations and judgment but I got hit harder by God and it's awesome in April the Lord reached down into me into the depths a deeper depth than I even thought I possessed I didn't even think there was that much of me to give over I thought I had given everything to Jesus but unless we're with Him, we're blind. I said unless we're with Him, we're completely blinded. The Scripture says it's, it's only in light that we see light. We don't even know who we are without Him. It's possible to think you're fully yielded. But unless His presence comes... You'll never know you're not yielded. You can live your whole life thinking you've given Jesus your heart, only to find out that you own your heart. So I knew the Lord had poured out His Spirit at the upper room. That's where that worship team is from, who was with us the last two days and I heard the Lord was moving there and I, we had a, an, our own event there I said God I want you to touch me the Lord said would you stay a few extra days so well, that's going to cost some money he said I, said I asked you a question do you want to stay a few extra days I said Lord I have to change my flight I need hotel. he said how bad do you want me to touch you what's it, what's it mean to you how valuable is a touch from the Holy Spirit when I think of Todd going to Israel in 2007, how valuable was the touch from the Holy Spirit in that meeting on Pastor Benny's tour? How valuable was the touch of the Holy Spirit at Brownsville on these guys? How valuable was the touch of the Holy Spirit that came into my life all of those, all of those years with my father-in-law? How valuable is God Himself? That's really the question. That's what I'm asking you tonight. What does He mean to you? How badly do you want Him? And so I, I said, well, I'll stay, Lord. And I went into that building, Lou, and I'm telling you, you couldn't find a parking place. And kids were walking in. They were walking boxes to get in. And the place was jam-packed. And they weren't doing anything. They were just sitting there like this for hours, sitting like this, wave after wave of God's glory, wave after wave, devils were manifesting. People were throwing up. Some people were laughing. People were being healed. The pastor had spent two days on the ground, shaking under the power of God. He was raised Church of Christ. They didn't even believe in instruments. God was shaking him. He even got free, from. he said, from the fear of man. I walked into that room, and I looked at guys that I've known for years, and all of a sudden, They went from being great guys who God had called, but now when I looked at them, it was like looking into the faces of angels. God had changed them. He had grabbed them. A new honor for them busted up inside of me. And when I saw them under such glory and anointing, I couldn't treat them like they were just my friends. They were God's friends now. They were vessels of Jesus that He had clothed. They had been like, completely rearranged. They were like new creatures. I'd been around the world more than them. I guess more people know me than would know them. I don't know. I mean, who cares about all that stuff? But I just thought, wait, who cares about all that? They have something I want, and it's Jesus. So I didn't go in that room to preach. I didn't, I didn't go there to to do anything. I went and I sat in the second row, maybe the third row. I don't remember. I was just sitting there like many of you tonight. And I told the Lord something. I said, don't allow me to leave this room the same. I don't know what I have to do, but just talk to me. Tell me. What do you need? How can I get your attention? What do I need to do for you to change my life? I see Jesus in their eyes and I want that I think it was Bob Gladstone that said you cannot fake countenance is that right Eric countenance doesn't lie countenance your eyes they don't lie your speech can lie your heart can deceive you But man the Bible says your eyes are the lamp of body I can look straight in and know whether or not you love Jesus that's why Jesus has eyes of fire the eyes tell us what's inside. You know why his eyes are fire? Because he is fire. It's because he is fire. That's what Isaiah said, that their countenance tells us the state they're in. Man, you can't fake that stuff. You can copy people's message, but you can't copy Jesus. There's just a lot of stuff that's got to go. The judgmental stuff. It's got to die. It's got to go. Who cares if you don't understand it? You don't understand you. You don't understand your wife. You think you understand God? Wives, how many of you understand your husbands? Not one of you. This stuff's all got to go. Judging people. Saying, well, if I were them, I'd do it this way. Yeah, but you're not them. You're not them. You don't know what it's like to be them. You don't have the scar tissue. You don't know what it's like to be misunderstood. You're just doing your best. You're trying to follow Jesus. And people on the sidelines are critiquing you. And we do that to each other. Maybe that's why you're not doing what they're doing. Nobody gets to where they are by accident. Yeah, it's all by grace. I'll never forget a... Letter O Roberts wrote to a friend of his, I read it. He said, You're a fellow battle-scarred warrior. I honor you. Man, you don't press into the realms of God without being misunderstood. I told somebody the other day I'd rather die than dishonor those who've touched my life. I'm not doing it, man. I don't care. I don't care if nobody has me preach again. I'm not gonna sin so that I can get onto a platform. I'm not doing it. I'm not. Somebody said, oh, you know what you could do? Pastor Benny's a little controversial. I'm just going to let it fly tonight. He's a little controversial. Maybe just take him out of your book. How can I take him out of my book if he led me to Jesus? What do you mean? I'd still be sick in a crowd with an incurable disease. No, you take him out of your book. I'm not doing it. I didn't get into this thing to be well known. I got into this thing by accident. I wanted Jesus. I wanted him to walk into my prayer closet and look at me. And I said, Lord, you got to come. You gotta, what do you need from me? Do you need a song? I'll sing. You want me to dance all alone? I'll dance. You want me to sit here in stillness for a day? I'll do it. Do I need to not eat? Is that what it is? I won't eat. What do you want from me? Do I need to go to a meeting? Do I need to fly to Reading? I'll do it. What do I need to do? You got to talk to me. See, that's the heart that God touches. Not a bunch of sideline experts. Who don't know what it's like to look at someone who's dying and they belong to a family and you're doing your best to get the job done and the church sits around and goes, oh man. If I were you, I'd do it that way. But here's the problem, man. Your hands are empty. I'm tired of laying empty hands on people. See, that's the thing. If we just get along with God and say, I don't know about them, Lord. They're not my concern. You're my concern. I want to be like you. I want to be just like you. That's my desire, Jesus. I want to be like you. What do I have to do to be like you? Tell me and I'll do it. All that's got to go. I'm not, look, I love you. I'm not getting on you. But I see something. I see God's plan. God's plan is a Jesus people. And Jesus didn't do that stuff. He's still not doing that stuff. I had a Romanian group come up to me. They said, man, Michael, we love you, but we don't like the people fall in your meetings. I said, yeah, I don't get it either. <laughs> they said, why do they fall? I said, man, I don't know. I said, sometimes I guess they collide with God and God wins. I don't know. I don't get it. It was a Romanian group of pastors. They came to me to talk to me at one of our meetings. I said, but pastor, I have a question for you. I heard in the Romanian revival that in your prayer meetings when you were being persecuted by the communists, that in your prayer meetings, old women were literally floating off the ground in your prayer meetings. Is that true? They go, oh, yeah, 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 we had that. I said, so you're cool with that? You're cool with them flying through a prayer meeting? But you're not all right with somebody falling on the ground. See, that's what the devil does. He twists our perspective and calls it holiness. And you know what it is? It's not balance. It's just death. It's death. Sometimes we use the word balance to disguise the fact that we are dead. And that we're living under the fear of man. We don't want God to touch the people because we'll pay the price for it. But see, there's a secret, man. This is the secret. That every lash of judgment and persecution that comes at us, if we set our face as flint against it, as Jesus did in Isaiah 50, it just tenderizes us and makes us more like Him. Every lash from that persecution, every rash from that whip, once you begin to enjoy the taste of your own blood, You're invincible. Look, I'm going somewhere here tonight. The Bible says the apostles were beaten on the temple steps. And while they were beaten, they looked at each other and said, Oh, what a joy and honor to suffer for the sake of Jesus. That heart, it's undefeatable. The heart that takes the devil's tool and says, Have your way, you can't beat me. Because all of this garbage just makes me more like Jesus. You'll lose in the end. Like Todd said earlier, when they squeeze us, what comes out? Who comes out? He's amazing, man. That's why I read that verse. Because of that Jesus, to some, is really hard to recognize. The one who is accused and he just stares at them with that broken, holy, beautiful, glorious, loving face. Wanting him to prove who he is. Yet he stands before them as a confident lowly broken lamb I had someone say man you're running with a lot of guys now what if one of them screws up destroy your whole ministry I said man you don't get it. My ministry's not built. on Whether or not my friends screw up. It's built on the beautiful God man. And if they screw up, I'm going to grab them. And pick them up. And I'm not going to distance myself from them because it hurts me it's all a trap it's a political demon it's this man I can't be friends with him because if I'm friends with him this guy will cut me off I'm not doing it I'm not doing it and it happens all over the place and we call it balance and wisdom it's not balance and wisdom it's death and deception it's pride I had a guy one time say to me will you come up and preach at the University of Florida I said yeah I'll come So I had the date. I was ready to preach. My phone rang the day I was driving up to Gainesville. The day I was driving. Right before I leave the house, he says, hey, dude, I need to talk to you. What are you going to preach tonight? I said, Jesus. He goes, oh, can I call you back? I love doing that. It's super hard to argue with God's only sermon. The Father has one sermon. It's His Son. That's what Hebrews 1 says in times past. God has spoken through the fathers and the prophets. But in these last days it actually says He has spoken Son to us. God's language is Jesus. Because Jesus jumped out of the bosom of the Father and from the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. Jesus literally is God's sermon. He's, he, he exegeted the Father. That's what Jesus is. He's God's perfect sermon. He's God in a body. So this, 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 this wonderful young man who's now becoming a politician in the church goes, well, dude, what are you going to preach? I said, Jesus. He goes, oh my God, I don't know what to do with that. I'll call you back. And then my phone rang again. The Holy Spirit said, he's going to call you back to try to cancel you because you're Benny's son-in-law. So my phone rang, I was expecting. He goes, hey, dude, are you you Benny's son-in-law? I go, I am. He goes, that's a problem. I said, why? He goes, well, I don't know. It just is. I said, why? He says, it just is. I said, but Benny's not coming tonight. I'm coming. I said, Benny's a great guy. Do you know him? No. He goes, I need to call you back. Click. (laughs) My phone rang again. He goes, okay, fine, you can come. On a college campus, which aren't the most friendly places at times. So I go. I drive up there. They didn't want me there. I've never preached at a place where I was not wanted. Austin went. So they're sitting there staring at me. Talk about atmosphere. It was horrible. It was my first time doing that. And I preached Jesus to them. When I got done, they chased me out of the building sobbing, crying, Lou. They said, We're so sorry for judging you. You are a Christian. We can't believe you're a Christian. I thought, oh, my God. Is that what we've come to? People say, man, this needs to be biblical. Have you read the Bible? Have you read the Bible? Have you been lifted by your hair up into the heavens to see visions of God like Ezekiel? Have your bones rattled inside of you like the prophet's? Have you laid on your side for months at a time? All of that is biblical. Have you ever spit into someone's eyes or on their tongue to loose it? That's all very biblical. Have you ever been so touched by the Holy Spirit that you are drunk with new wine to the degree that people think you're wasted? This is all very biblical. So it's not a matter of being biblical. It's political. And it's a demon and it's got to die. And I felt the Lord tell me, I don't care if you're Baptist, what seminary you've gone. Look, nothing is more heretical than saying, I don't need Jesus. Nothing. And few things are more heretical than looking at a sick person and saying, well, it's just not for you today, sweetie. He's got all the power. I'm just not sure he loves you enough to heal you. felt the Lord coming in like a jackhammer to blow this stuff wide open he's not looking for people trying to figure it out he's looking for people who just want him anyway he comes anyway he comes hey Bubba hungry people many of you crying. You know why? Because the Holy Ghost is gripping your heart tonight. When the sisters talk, it's not even a matter of what they're saying, man. They could sing Old MacDonald and it makes you want to know Jesus. We live our life trying to get it all right and the whole time we can be all wrong because our hearts aren't broken anymore. We don't want them anymore. And we're preaching other people's stuff and stuff we preached before because we don't sit with them and let them break us open so that we can look inside the heart of God. When Sister Pena says the name of the Lord, it crushes me inside because God literally rests on the tone of their voice. This is what I want. I want more of Jesus. So bad. I want Him. And I'm not striving. This isn't law and works. If you don't want Him, you're dying inside. None of this stuff fulfills the soul. All of this, it's wonderful. I'm super grateful for it. I am. I never thought this would happen as a 12-year-old boy in this city, sick with an incurable disease. I never thought I would ever be entrusted with this. People say, how would you do this? Well, I didn't do it. I don't know. I have no idea. I have no clue. But this stuff doesn't make you happy. I'm telling you, it doesn't. It doesn't make you happy. So you think it does. I see a lot of you young preachers here. Well, if I could have that, if I could just do that, if I could meet these people, that won't make you happy either. Yeah, it's a joy. But at the end of the day, it doesn't make you happy. It won't. In fact, when you leave that platform, and your heart's not burning for Jesus, you start to take it out on that platform. You don't like it. Things start moving fast. You think it's growth. You think it's growth and it's just these foxes spoiling the vineyard. And you remember that Jesus is there and he never leaves. He's waiting, just looking, waiting for us. We're too busy, like Lou said, looking into cell phones. I don't know what I'm... I just came here tonight asking the Spirit of the Lord to cut me open you won't be a Jesus people unless you're with Him you got to be with Him you can't love Him and not be with Him He's got to be everything He has to be everything to you and that's not because He's prideful it's because He knows His worth that's what Mother Vesilia said He receives one love it's first love not because He's lofty it's because He knows He's the bread of life and only He fulfills the soul. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. And you can't break yourself open. Listen to me, man. It doesn't matter how big your crowds get. It doesn't matter. Because you're not doing it anyways. My father-in-law told me one day, Mike, you never forget. Those same hands you grab a cup of water with are the same hands Jesus heals through. It's not your hands. It's Jesus. And you can't even make yourself hungry. I'm after dependency tonight. That's what I feel the Holy Spirit's trying to do tonight to get you to see that without Him you die. Without the Holy Spirit, you die. You can't even cry out to Jesus without Him. I want you leaving here tonight going, I need Him. I met Him, but I need Him. And it doesn't make sense to me. I had Him this morning. I've got to have Him again. Because He's bread that comes down, not that came down. He's constantly coming. And I've got to have Jesus if I have any chance. You can't seek Him without the Holy Spirit can't talk about him without the Holy Spirit. He's not a subject. He's not a topic. And he's not a sermon. He's a real living person. He's a person. He's a real person, Lou. He's real. He has thoughts, man. He thinks about stuff. He likes stuff. He hates stuff. He laughs and he cries. And he still cries today over the same stuff he cried for over in the Scriptures. What did he say at Jerusalem? He said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, as I long to gather you as a hen would gather its chicks, and then he pronounced the judgment. And then he said, this is why, this is why a, the judgment comes. Because you didn't know the hour of your visitation, in other words, I was there and you didn't know. That's what Ms. Kuhlman said, right, Baba, that the greatest sin is to ignore Jesus, because when he's there, it breaks his heart, and the Bible says, he wept, and he weeps in the morning when he's grabbing us get up, I'm here, I'm ready to be with you and we'd rather do something else like plan an event but if Jesus doesn't come to the event, it's just an event that's the deal and he's there and he weeps because his own bride just doesn't think he's valuable enough to be with him this isn't condemnation, I promise you, it's not it's the heart of God, it's the Heart of Jesus reaching out saying, I love you. But I love you so much. I want you. I I want you. And when you don't come, I cry. Because I cried then. And if I didn't cry now, it means I've changed. And I just don't change. And at the same time, he laughs and he rejoices as he did in the scriptures when the simple receive him as children. The lofty disqualify themselves. They're the hardest for God to use because they try to figure everything out and be so correct and critique this whole thing. And God bypasses him for the person who's stuck on drugs, who doesn't know his last name, who can't retain the scriptures like Todd, but he keeps coming and gives God no rest. And God picks that person and says, he's the one I want. I'm preaching this today because I heard, I could hear it in the Holy Ghost. I heard it all day long, this whole day, I heard the critique, the critique of the devil coming out of the mouth of the church. If you have a problem, like I said earlier with Brother Copeland, there's nothing you could have a problem with these last two days. It was holy and wonderful. The problem is not with him, it's with you, my friend. The judgmental thing has got to go. You see, you know why I can say this? Because I love you enough to say it and I belong to Jesus you could come up to me after this meeting and say that was horrible or great I feel the warmth of the spirit in my heart I'm at rest I'm his I'm his we're his man. when I went to see the sisters my father said to you you need to go visit them. I feel the Lord will do something for you. I went with all these questions, you know, because we just want to be right. We want truth. Not realizing truth is a man, his name is Jesus Christ, son of the living God. There's no truth without that. I sat down with Sister Pinion and Sister Rebecca, I said, how do I do this? They said, oh that's easy, find the love of Jesus and love him back. I said, no, no, you didn't hear the question. (laughs) Didn't hear the question. Oh, no, I did. Find the love of Jesus and love him. No, sister, how do I start a ministry? Oh, that's easy. Find the love of Jesus and love him back. How do I end world hunger? That's easy, too. Find the love of Jesus and just love him back. How do I get free from my sin? Find the love of Jesus and love him back. What's the Bible all about? Oh, just find the love of Jesus and love him back. I don't see enough people healed in my meetings. Oh, find the love of Jesus and love him back. No, sister, you don't get it. I've got questions. I need A, B, C, and D. Please give me a PowerPoint or something. How could it be so simple? And I left there. And their simplicity exposed me. Exposed me. Hear me, hear me, hear me well right now. Even the most truthful doctrine separated from Jesus himself can become an idol. I feel him now. If I were you, I'd just, just ask him, Lord, don't pass, me, don't pass me by tonight. Do something in me. Touch me. Touch me. Do it. I want you to hear me. I'm an evangelist. I think. I don't even know what I am. I just want Jesus, whatever. But I love winning souls. And I believe in the grace of God. I believe in mercy, but I can't say in the name of grace, get up and walk. It doesn't work. I can't even say in the name of healing, get up and walk. I can't walk up to the man who's bound with a demon and say in the name of deliverance be free because every truth outside of Jesus is a lie but in him everything I'm burning for lives right there and so tonight many of you are like man I want what you have. I want it. It's not an it. It's a person. It's got feelings. It's got feelings. say I want revival oh me too but I want Jesus and he is revival he said man could you change the subject Jesse said that to me once She said babe uh, when are you going to preach something else I said oh when I've preached all he is I think it might take a while And I learned that when you talk about Him, He comes, because our words are an invitation or a rejection. He told me, if you'll say my name, I come, and when I come, I'll look at you, and when I look at you, I'm not lazy, I'll do more than you ever dreamed, and I'll do it better. So pure and so quickly, all your dreams are found right here in me. I see guys reading books on how to get through the ministry. He's the book. Lord, we need you tonight. We want you. We worship you. And we give you praise. Let's begin to bless him. We give you praise. Courtney, help me please. We give you glory and honor. We give you glory and honor. A little softer, a little softer. So I came sick young boy to the city, right, the city my mom broke all the rules she didn't care about being right, she wanted him to touch her boy We drove to Forest City Road, 1989, on a Sunday night. And I'd been in bed for a year, maybe in and out of bed. Theob remembers it. I had to be homeschooled because of Epstein bars. They say it doesn't leave you. It just kind of stays there. We pulled on the property of OCC, and my legs start shaking. It's my father-in-law's church the pastor, pastored, and my legs were shaking. And I thought, oh, this feels way different here than it does over there. Just across the street, it just feels different here. But I got in that line and people were smiling. I'd never been to a church service where people were smiling. And they were lined up to get in. And the church I grew up in, we lined up to get out. There was a man named Jimmy at the door with a smile like an angel. He was from Jamaica. Jamaica. And these old people I never met, sorry, not old seasoned people. I'm glad I'm crying tonight. I needed it. I needed it. I needed God to break me down. Sometimes we preach to ourselves. That man was smiling like an angel, his big old smile waiting behind this glass door. And the people were lined up, ready to stampede the place. I I didn't know why. I just knew I liked what I felt. All you theologians, figure all that out. I want that. You can come up with all the steps. I want His presence. I want His presence. Debaters never make history. Lovers make history. And I sat there at that door. And man, when they opened it, I started running and didn't know why. I just felt like something was pulling me. I ran down that center aisle as a 12-year-old sick boy. I hadn't run like that in a long time. And I got into that second row. And a man came out and started to pray named Steve Hill. Not from Brownsville, another Steve Hill. And he was smiling too. And the air was different there. The air was different. It felt different. It was bright and clean and crisp. It was happy. Everyone was happy. It just felt right. Remember, Joe? And I sat there, and that man started to pray, and I felt this beautiful presence. I just knew it was Jesus. I I don't know how else to explain it. And then Bruce came out. Is he up there? Yeah And Bruce came out and started to play this solo And that feeling increased It grew It was like a thick cloud And it, it grew It got heavier More hot and thick I began to wrap itself around me And I liked it I said and I liked it And I hope you like him too I hope you love his presence Because his presence is him His presence is not an additive to the Christian experience. He is His presence, and He is the Christian experience. He is Christianity. If you don't love His presence, you don't love Him. Then the choir came out and started to sing. And it grew. And I loved it. I just thought it was amazing. I began to sing these songs I had never heard. I never knew you were supposed to lift your hands. I didn't see any candles or icons or chandeliers. I just liked being there where he was. I want to be where he is. And Let him deal with the results. So... They sang this song. I didn't know you were supposed to lift your hands, it just felt right, so my hands shot up. And we began to sing. And then I felt that feeling increase, you know. And this was what my little heart set. My 12-year-old heart, my 12-year-old heart said, someone just walked in this room who knows this Jesus that I'm feeling, and now I want to know him. I want to give my whole life to knowing this Jesus who's all around me right now. And I forgot I was sick. Didn't matter. Not that God didn't care. Ms. Kuhlman used to say, Miracles happen when Jesus becomes more real to us than our sickness. I opened my eyes. I saw my father in law there worshiping Jesus. I said, Lord, I want to love you too. The scripture says, when Jesus came down the mountain, after he was done praying, the scripture says he came down the mountain, and then the disciples said, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples to pray. The prayer life of Jesus triggered the desire for prayer in the life of his disciples. My Father-in-law never taught me how to get people out of wheelchairs. I knew when I lived with him that he was in his room with Jesus at the same time every day. It made me want the same. And all of a sudden, he said, If you want to know the Lord, the one we've been singing to, come up here. He didn't give a theological dissertation. He just said, come. And I ran. I ran. I jumped over the pew and I ran up there. Bruce was on the keys. Cheryl was on the organ. And then he said, hey, you little boy, come up here. And I came up there. And the next thing I know, I'm on the ground and I feel these oceans of glory going through my body, oceans of glory. I didn't even know I was being healed I didn't care about my sickness because Jesus dissolved its claws its pull died in his presence he overwhelmed me he distracted me with his glory with his person, with his presence I got up tried to leave, got prayed for again and I shook on the ground for two hours until the vacuum cleaner from the janitor woke me up and I heard a prophetic word of my life that I didn't even understand it's like in a faraway tunnel you carry the gospel to the nations in the anointing of the Holy Spirit I didn't know what the gospel was I didn't know what the anointing was, I kind of knew who the Holy Spirit was, but all I knew is this, Jesus was there, and I wanted Him. Look, look at me, please, my friend, tonight, I'm not asking you. If you've prayed the sinner's prayer, no. I prayed it so many times and lived like a devil. I'm not asking you if you've been baptized in water. I tried that too in a swimming pool. I'm not asking you if you read your Bible. That's wonderful. The Bible doesn't say, for God so loved the world that He sent. Verses, though I love the Word of God, if you don't meet the Jesus of the Bible, you're wasting your time. You say, I, I read a tract. Tracts don't save you. This is what I'm asking you tonight. Do you love Jesus? Do you really love Jesus? You're clapping, but... That looks like something. Listen to me. You're clapping, but that looks like something. It manifests. It. It's measurable. He said, whom the Son sets free, is free indeed. If you're bound by sin and the chains of addiction... That's not the Christian life. You can be free tonight. If you're bound to yourself, if your mind gets the best of you, if you're tired of playing this role that is Christian with no Christ. Conferences don't save you. The Jesus conference can't save you. Only Jesus himself can save you. You say I'm saved. How do you know? How do you know? Is Jesus living through you? Are you like him? Is see your soul desire? Are you addicted to him? Is he your everything? Have you said goodbye to the things of the world? That's the Christian life. It's having eyes for this one whose eyes burn with such fire that you're addicted to him. He is your everything. That's the Christian life. You say, Mike, I want everyone to stand. Please, please stand. Quickly stand. You say, Michael. I want to love Jesus. I want to give him my everything. I want you to get down here and get down here quickly. I want to give him your life tonight. Once and for all, just saying, look, I, I don't have this all figured out. I, I, want what you, I, want, I want who you're talking about. You come down here the best you can. You just get down on your knees. Come get down on your knees before the Lord. I know you came here to get rocked and to get touched by the Holy Ghost. This is the greatest rocking that could ever happen. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever.